listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. to episode 302 of the Nerd Assemble podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Paul, aka Retroid. Uh, this episode, we are... Well, everyone here has been avoiding certain national events for the entire day. Um, are, you, are you saying that you've not been glued to Mournhome? I, I've, I very much have not been. Uh, the most I know is that a spider crawled across something. That's all I know. All I yeah, know. Which is probably the most exciting thing, or at least that probably the best thing, because after all, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a day off. Yeah, the day Yay! off. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, and you were able to cook a nice roast dinner as well. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's I did. It's what she would have wanted. Yeah, and um, I got to play some stuff that I get to talk about in a minute. We got to watch some Yay! stuff, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, it did. It, today has felt like another Sunday, though, like a second Sunday. Admittedly, yeah. having a roast has probably contributed to this, but that it, would. but it really, really felt like a second Sunday. That and the fact that you know the the shops weren't open yeah. in actual times. In fact, that's actually yeah. In fact, that's actually worse than a normal Sunday or a normal bank holiday because nothing's been open. Yeah, yeah, it's been like because uh, we went out for you know a bit of a walk early afternoon. And it was just really quiet. Just, you know, very little, uh, you know, traffic, anything like that. So it was just a bit eerie. Early days of COVID eerie. Yes, that's what it must have reminded me of. Because I thought, you know, this is much quieter than a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah... But you know what? You know what? It hasn't stopped me from kind of uh, squinting at some news that I did see on Twitter that was completely unrelated to the national holiday, as it were, technically, that we've had in the UK today. Um, which was uh, Rockstar getting hacked and GTA Six getting leaked or parts of it. Yeah, that was a. I I just got up this morning and I, I saw that and I thought, oh yeah, it's another one. Someone's you know done some. You know, crappy mock-ups or, you know, a little video. And then I watched a part of it. And it's just, this looks like early dev stuff. This looks genuine. Because I don't think, that, you know, the, the video I watched was um like a, a robbery in a burger joint. Mm. And it it was a bit shonky because you would have, uh you know, things popping up saying, um you know, character name, generic. Yeah. Die or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it would be, you know, there'd be bits of voice, but there would, would be other stuff that were um, coming up. And it's like, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, this is this is dev stuff. This is the real thing. I, mean, I suppose it, it makes sense that it's not fleshed out this, but when are they meant to be releasing it actually anyway? How far away is it? I don't think they've given a date, have they? 
Nothing more concrete than that, which is good. Yeah. Because if it gets too concrete, then they end up in crunch. Yeah. Well, quite enough bloody crunch in the industry as it is. Yeah, I would much rather just... Eh. Just, you know, if something... Because, yeah, I was saying, um, you know, to uh, someone a few days ago, basically when it comes to anything big that, I, you know, I, I know I'm really going to look forward to, I want to find out maybe about a month or two before it comes out. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's just I'm perfectly happy not knowing it's in the pipeline because I find out about something and then it's a year or so later it finally comes out and you get out. I think, I think I'm all excited out about it now. Uh, the, I mean, taking the hype train for um, the next Breath of the World game, though, it's a bit like that. And having, um, and yeah. having Ninty uh, sort of say, was it last week during the... They didn't live stream it because of current events in the UK. No, no, they just uploaded it into YouTube as a mark of respect. Uh, <laughs> like, finally get to the end of that um, Nintendo Direct being like, oh, yeah, and it's... Um, sequel to thingies out like is it may next year so <sighs> i mean we we all know that the queen was absolutely gagging for metroid prime 4 so i'm really annoyed there wasn't anything but you know more about that <laughs> exactly this is disappointing <laughs> disappointing yeah. to her memory it, it's what you would have wanted <sighs> yeah but I can yeah. see my running gag for this episode, by the way. Sorry. I, I think it's all of our running gags for this episode. Um, but yeah, so we had that, so that GTA 60. I mean, I, I didn't poke around much to to see what had actually been distributed. I just saw the tweets being like, oh. And then I shared like Rockstar's thing going like, yeah, it's real. Their, their official notice on their Twitter. It was just like, ah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to be fair, like, People stealing stuff like the bit you 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 saw, like people stealing stuff from a burger joint, isn't exactly indicative of the rest of the game. That sounds like a pretty standard thing to happen in any GTA game. Yes, but um, it is concerning that obviously somebody managed to get into their systems that uh, deeply. I mean, um, I watched a video earlier, Modern Vintage Gamer MVG. You know, there's a lot of stuff about um, you know game dev and emulation, that kind of thing. Um, he seemed to be leaning towards, or you know, was talking about anyway the you know the whole if if someone managed to get in on uh, like Team or you know Slack. Oh yeah. Or you know anything like that, where you know maybe they could have gone through history, found some credentials. And, Although it sounds more, it, you know, if they did, if that was the attack vector, they got more than that because MVG was also talking about um, it's the full source of GTA Five, including online, mm. which has been um, half inched, which is a little bit serious. I mean, it could be that somebody got in at whatever, because obviously there's software that's used for like admin level stuff across a business and especially yeah. sometimes on the security side as well i mean that was like the whole thing was it the five winds <laughs> shit storm or was it last yeah. year um yeah. where obviously russia infiltrated that 
and um, it affected the US government plus loads of private companies uh, massively. I mean, that was more on the sort of admin side of things for like, you know, looking at your entire system. Is the Russians, you say, up to nefarious no good? I mean, that's who they suspected it was at the end of the day, rather than any other nation state, but it was nation state based. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying, I'm not doing the, oh, everyone's Ru- Russia or anything like that, because it, it's like 90% certain it was, because it's, it's just what Russia does. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about uh, the other, one of the other major uh, countries involved in stuff that isn't a member of the uh, Five Eyes uh, a bit later. Um, but it wasn't their style shall I say, to another group that's infamous for going after stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so we've had the GTA 6 leak at Big Today, trickling on the news background, <laughs> games news background. Um, we've had, what was it, the past week, we also heard about a bloody um, PlayStation saying, oh yeah, the P- P- PSVR 2 isn't going to be compatible with the previous generation's games. <sighs> yeah, I I heard about. I mean, it was just a few hours ago. I was watching. Uh, there was a digital foundry with an interview with uh, a Eurogamer's uh, Ian Higton, who's yeah. hard hands on with you know um, PSVR two. And yeah, I understand some of the arguments that the you know the approach of the technology is different, and you know so they couldn't implement it, all that kind of thing, but. I'm sorry, it's just to me with fiddling about with emulators and the way they've been able to, you know, well, you know, this thing has got a unique, you know, control scheme or, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's no way this arcade game could get emulated. Oh, yeah, we've emulated it. We worked out how to do it. And it works pretty well, actually. You know, oh, the controls work differently. Yeah, we worked out how to fool it. So. It's all just, oh, you know, we couldn't do this because the controls are different. It, you know, it has, you know, completely new controllers rather than, you know, the, um, the waggle, the glowing dildos, <laughs> um, which were awful. I've used them on, you know, PS3, and, I, you know, I've, half the reason I stayed away from, you know, PSVR with, you know, since we got a, a PS4 and now we've got a PS5, half the reason yeah. I've stayed away from that it, is it uses the motion controllers. It's like, those are bad. I do not want to have to deal with that again. I played through Bioshock Infinite using, you know, the, the motion controls on, you know, PS3, and yeah. it was it was painful. It, it was, it went from, this is a really nice idea, I like the idea of being able to use this, to, this is bad. I'm going to switch these off and just use the standard controls now. I think the best motion controls I've used in a game were for Resident Evil 4 on the Wii. And that's a long time ago now. I, I've only briefly used that, but probably yes. Um, yeah. I've, I mean, I, the thing is, is that like when I play Switch, a lot of the time... I actually like try to, if there's the option to turn off motion controls and just use you know, normal gamepad movement. I will, because I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't be bothered to waggle stuff around, basically. Yeah, like it's, the, it's just, it, it works well for some things, but it's just 
those are in the minority. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The motion controls for the Just Dance series of games have improved year on year, and they are currently pretty good for the versions of the games they keep releasing on the Switch. So, not that I can, like, I'm not allowed to play Just Dance at the moment, but... <laughs> no. And I was looking at, I saw an ad for the, like, the upcoming one, and I was just like, oh. That's from the Nintendo Direct. I was just like, can't get, um, if I got that, I wouldn't be able to play it for quite a while. <laughs> a bit annoying. It, it would definitely be a later next year. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it would. Um, but yeah, so the VR, I mean, we, Paul, thought about getting VR for either yeah. PC based or PlayStation 4 based hmm. um, a while back. And we sort of. I still want PSVR or some sort of VR system. Yeah. Some sort of VR, yeah. VR system, but it's just a question of what. And I definitely put my foot down on saying no to Oculus because of the Facebook crap. I was just yeah, like, yeah, no. Anywhere near. Yeah. Um, admittedly, though, if we did invest at any point after the baby's born in a VR system, it's like, okay, so one of us is definitely get like, like, hold on to baby. <laughs> <laughs> like so, that's the supervision of not just baby but whoever's playing the vr system so you don't end up recreating one of the numerous uh vr uh gone wrong videos that are out there on the internet nowadays yes you know, somebody's like crash it's like smash it you know punches a fist through a wall s- destroys their tv um somehow manages to not break their neck um yeah it's all very uh, concerning. That's why I'm all in favour of the idea of VR. But you know, can I just sit down on a swivelly chair? Yeah, yeah. I like the um. So I've played. I played. Um, we've got a VR place in Truro. Uh, it's Ooh. called Ready Player. They're like a chain. Yeah. Um. B- b- before COVID happened, like literally, like the month before. Uh, had a good play session in there. Um, it's a bit pricey for. I mean, these things normally are actually, but expensive equipment. It's expensive equipment. They gotta make their money somehow because they don't necessarily have people in all. Not to mention, chances are the they've probably got uh, quite a bit for it, like insurances. Yeah, but it was like the area that they had for it. Like the walls were partially padded, the floor was padded. So. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like super soft or anything, but if you went down, it was less likely you were going to hurt yourself than if you tried to play at home, basically. Yeah, that, 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 that's why I'm swivelly chair type VR. Yeah. Because I don't, that's, you, know, I'll, I'll, you know, you can move around and such and you can, you know, you can rotate, but you're not going to fall over something. Even when, you know, even if you think you've moved everything out the way, will you have really if, yeah. Hmm. In fact, they did have a little bit on um, that digital foundry one where there's a button you can press on PSVR 2. Yeah. Which um, shows the room. Okay. So it's got a front-mounted camera looking out then. Yeah, and it will scan the um, you know everything around you. Mm. And you can delegate a, a location, a range... Okay, so if it so well, if it doesn't do something, then obviously if it you go you try to exceed that range. Yeah, it it will try and stop you, or you know something, or it will just, you know come up with a little warning, or it just won't put things Mm-mm. in that location, so you don't end up punching 
your window or something. That's or your good. significant other, which you know. <laughs> All things which are bad. Yes. Yes, very bad. But very- it's the thing for me is um, most of the most interesting things that I have seen with VR have been mods, they've been hacks on PC. Mm. So, for example, um, stuff like Left 4 Dead 2 um, having you know VR hacked into it, or GTA 5 having you know VR hacked into it. I can see those working really well, and they seem to. But then, when it comes to the you know the full actual releases, they seem to be a little bit thin on the ground and a bit lackluster, perhaps. Yeah, and with some of the um, the Quest headsets, they're based on um, mobile chipsets. Yeah, and the idea was that you could use those without. Um, a host machine, so you wouldn't need, you know, a kick-ass ninja, you know, PC or you know, get the latest games console to plug into it. And that has limited the development because you're not trying to push the technological boundaries; you're just trying to make them fit in, you know, whatever chipset it is. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: I just don't want to use VR for, and it's metaverse stuff. <laughs> just... no, yeah, that can go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Um... I yeah, really don't. It's care like for I've, it. you know, I I had the Miiverse, and I played PlayStation Home, and they were both a bit crap. Joe, sure, I like Street Pass on the 3DS. I I have not had much use out of Street Pass, but I it I know of it. But um, does it have anything like that? Is 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 it much like uh, you know augmented reality or not really? But it was just nice to be able to interact with people that you met around you in a virtual yeah. manner, basically. Like that was the pleasant part about it. I wouldn't want to hold a meeting in it. <laughs> Why ever not? I wouldn't want to spend time in it. I, like I watched Ready Player One. The film. I was just like, this is a fucking nightmare. See, I have not. I've not read the book. I've not watched the film. I, it's just that like, no. There's too much intertextuality for its own good. Um. So it, it just looks a bit like, oh, do you remember that him or them from that thing from a few years ago? Look, it's here on the screen. Yay! Let's use it as a skin, like in Fortnite. Yeah, so, no. No, thank you. Anyway, so that's, that's the news. GTA 6 League, PSVR 2. Oh, 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 and how many games freaking media companies, like, for news and shit, got fucked over last week? Because there was a fair few. A lot of people being laid off. So you had yeah, freaking fan- Tencent pretty much pulling the plug with Fanbyte. Um, and a few other sites. Future decided to screw over a load of people, even though they had some of the highest profits they'd had in years. I would like to know what the hell is going on in the future. It's just crazy. I think the there must be something, you know, going on there that we don't know. Yeah. It's because. They, yeah, as you say, they're they're quite profitable. So, you know, what what on earth? 
that you sell content and you fired a large chunk of the people who give you that content. So, um, unless it's them preempting the fact that they can't do as much targeting ads wise previously because of the slow erosion of um, ad targeting because of iOS. Because obviously Maybe. there's that whole option now in iOS to like stop a lot of tracking and stuff. And so that means that ad targeting can't be as targeted for iOS users. Yeah. And if you consider I, that... I, I thought that was mostly a, you know, Facebook. It's, it's affecting other bits as well. It's slowly turning the ad market on its head. So... So I I watched the video on it. It was pretty much what you know what the hell is going on with Facebook. Yeah, and they went into the they're not happy about um, you know Apple and Google, uh, you know revoking or just simply refusing some of the you know the tracking that Facebook wants, and you know saying about you know the whole thing with Facebook was that it would know the consumer better than you know the consumer did themselves i said that's never been my experience with it even when i was you know using it on a daily basis it's it's just you know why are you advertising this at me this the, you know this is it's like no not in a billion years so you know and then i revoked most of the rights of facebook anyway and i've never had facebook on you know installed on my phone well i did once and then I saw what it did and just revoked it and just, you know, erased it. Frustratingly, my last two phones have had Mm. it installed as shovelware, basically. So all I can do is disable it. Yeah. I think that the one that the phone I had before this had it installed as a a default app. Mm. But then I, I just revoked everything. And locked it down as much as possible, so it was yeah. constantly an old version, and wasn't ready to run, and couldn't access stuff. So, screw you, Zuckerberg. Yeah, do you know what? There's one bit of news we haven't talked about. We could have talked about what the fuck's what going that? on with Patreon? Oh Jesus Christ! Because that's gone <laughs> quiet for a minute. But um, in case you're unaware, the last few weeks, Patreon fired their pretty much their entire security team. And then started uh, up with like uh, like notice that was basically like was it that devs got me from Dublin to America and there could be issues with payments to people who've you know had patrons and been collecting payments from subscribers. Yeah, it all doesn't look very good, but nobody really knows what's up. There's been accusations from the security team side of people who've left that there were decent images of children being sold and that the platform what you know the execs for the platform weren't doing anything to stop it yeah with the again this is someone else saying this yeah with the lawyer man but the suggestion that i heard was that they didn't take issue with certain accounts that would be you know setting up um and saying, oh, yes, I am guardian of um, young person. Here are some pictures of young person, say, in the swimming pool or sunbathing, 
and if you you know if you subscribe to me on Patreon, you will get private pictures which aren't posted elsewhere, and it's just that it genuinely makes me feel sick. Yeah, I mean, I'm the pretty... idea. And yeah, the whole inference was if this was reported, then um, it would be oh yeah, but it's it's you know a guardian. Or in a person, in a other person, the person basically the person who's running the account is not the person featured. Yeah. Therefore, can, you know, yeah. We can. And it's just really. Yeah, like unless you're looking for that, like it, it, obviously, if you're somehow a sicko into that thing, you're not going to report it. And then the authorities need to be aware of the fact that the fucking thing exists to go and investigate it. But I think even in under US's like was it Foster and Setter laws, the stuff that makes these crack make the porn industry that's legit fucking terrible to do at the moment yeah as like i'm pretty sure that there's stuff under that which kind of means that platform holders would need to do something that 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 was the whole set of laws that it it was putting the shit up some youtubers wasn't it because they were saying oh you know we'll have to make sure that our channel is you know entirely kid friendly and i'm thinking i don't think it's like that and it doesn't seem to have had the effects that a lot of them were worried about. Yeah. But, um, it's yeah. why the it's why the porn purge happened on Tumblr. Those laws were, you mm. know. But um. Oh, also, that was part of the whole um, Yahoo um, buying something that was successful and then destroying it. Well, you know, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem to have that habit. They, they do. Seem to they have that they habit. do. It's it's quite amazing. It's just you know. Either either way, if I was a person relying on Patreon at the moment for my income, I would be very concerned, and I would be considering if there are alternative options out there. Mm. As somebody who's previously looked when people have been like drawing non-illegal stuff, and I mean drawing, you know, not real-life images, I've been like, yeah. oh, they're worried about Patreon coming down on basically like lewd kind of fan art. Um, and they've been looking for alternative sites being part of the issues of the whole payment processes thing. An issue we've discussed before when we were talking about things like OnlyFans and stuff. Um, It's like there aren't many alternatives out there. If you're obviously just disgusted by Patreon and you just want to move elsewhere, I mean, you're kind of looking at stuff like Coffee, that's K-O-F-I for the uninitiated, um, or like what well, Gumroad's not really Gumroad. I don't think's managed to introduce like a proper subscription thing yet, but maybe that's changed. Yeah, maybe they have. But yeah, alternatives I, are a bit thin I, on the ground. Because I've been there, there's several kind of YouTubers that um no I kind of follow that. Well, pretty much all prolific YouTubers have a Patreon yeah. these days. Mm. Yeah, the the only thing there is uh, Google do have a you know, like channel memberships. Yeah, they do. The same, but I I don't know what the rates are on that. I don't know what you know if Google take a higher percentage. I just don't know. I know there was but, a whole yeah, hoo hoo ha when Patreon wanted to up increase their rates a while back. Yeah. So it's, 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 I I have a feeling maybe it's like venture capital monies have run out it's the vc money could have run out or they uh because i swear I, I can't google it right now but i'm pretty sure them along with kickstarter were like sniffing around crypto and nft stuff and oh. um, what if they decided to invest in 
crypto or NFTs and they lost a load of money in the past nine months, which would not be unrealistic. (laughs) Yeah. So who knows? But basically, like, um, it's, it's not a great situation. Either way, um, it's it's also another example of like so obviously Patreon were like the name in like pay pe- getting paid to produce content like on a like one to many basis where you're in theory you could just sort of set yourself up as your own thing like they 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 did have in a way a bit of a, a bit of a uh, monopoly there and there haven't yeah. really been many alternatives out there. Um, I think that's part of the problem we've got with the modern space of these sort of platforms and stuff is that there are. F- alternatives are assumed far between because the one gets big and then the others either sort of struggle to continue to capitalize on having a similar service or they get bought up by yeah, the big I, service. I was thinking there's probably a few been bought up by Patreon. But it does make me um kind of remember what was it, uh, Anita Sarkeesian with um she did a I think Kickstarter. So Yeah. The, the whole idea frequency. of basically giving direct to, well, say giving direct, obviously it's not direct yeah. to, but uh, giving to creators to help fund them create is is not a new concept. Um, so I'd imagine that, yeah, things would have... Uh... Things haven't diversified, though. There, there aren't that many alternative platforms out there. Yeah. It's, it's the problem. Um, and also just alternative platforms that also don't feel restrictive... I mean, like, we've just said that there might be terrible things going on on Patreon in one respect. And yes, that should not be going on if that is indeed going on. Mm. But then for everybody else, it's actually just a case of puritanism yeah, by either the boardroom or payment processes. That's another matter entirely. Yeah. It's anyway. Like, um... But it does make me think. I mean, that I mean, if there's if there are any alternatives out there that are smaller, that mm. um, you know we don't know about because they are that small, they could probably make a killing by saying, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> we're ethical." Yeah, and, and hey, if and they they could probably even capitalize over that we won't allow for genuine illegal content to happen. Yeah, because that does remind me about was it Kiwi Farms? <laughs> oh gosh, let's oh 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 please no. This is what happens when you kind of go on the internet every now and again, and you're just like, that. There, there, there are awful people on the internet, and there are people making money off of the awful people on the internet, and the awful, yeah, it's just like, no, yeah. no, 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 just stop, stop with hate. Yeah, that's no, that's that a noble idea. That that's a whole we don't need to go journey down. I think this episode. <laughs> down um, <laughs> shall we? Let's talk about happier things. Yeah, let's, it's let's, just yeah, no, no. You know, yeah, that no. content that's being produced that we're actually watching now. <laughs> oh yeah, like Paul and I had to make a list of stuff that we're trying to catch up on at the moment. Because yeah, for 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 a while now, there's been like maybe one or two shows on at a time that we've been watching, but now it feels like there's there's more like six or seven, maybe five or six. Yeah. As it's, it's nice to actually be like, ooh, we've got this to watch again. Yeah, so not necessarily going to talk about it in depth just a second, but the stuff that we're on cycle with at the moment, we've got obviously She-Hulk. Yep. We've got... Lower Decks. Rick and Sorry. Morty. Rick and Morty. House the Dragon. Rings uh, of Power. Rings of Power. 
We've got the Sandman to finish catching up with. Yes. Sorry, yeah, we've yeah. only got up to episode five of that Retroid. Uh, hey, we have been making progress. We have been making progress. Um, and we still got like the good Doctor if if all else fails <laughs> at the moment. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot that we're sort of watching, and then like there's like casual viewing, like for when severe chilling out is needed, like Bob's Burgers, slowly working through that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, you have. But before we sort of go over some of the like latest TV shows we're watching, like in more detail, um, Paul and I did go to the cinema a few weeks ago, and we caught Three Thousand Years of Longing, which was a bizarrely beautiful film. I, I presume yeah. that that isn't the running time. I presume the running time is different. Thankfully, not. It's more like just under two hours. Fair enough. Just something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you... I mean, can I yeah. before we get get into the film, I just want to um, describe. Obviously, because um, going to the cinema is slightly more different these days. Because, yeah. uh, well, not only um, in the age of COVID, well, I'd say in the age of COVID, age possibly of even even before COVID, um, they they started introducing paper straws. So we basically take metal straws with us, yeah. and keep them. Yeah. Obviously, um, paper straws are stupid. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yes. they give you two paper straws because they realize yeah. that they're but anyway um, yes <laughs> uh but anyway uh we also have started taking a, a back cushion for emily yeah um the the cinema does have quite comfy seats and it's slowly our local and they're slowly like uh re- doing new seats yeah but re- irregardless they are that, that they are not designed for uh, pregnant people so I mean, to be fair, sitting anywhere for too long can you know yeah. make your back a, a moment. But um, so we've got like this like wedge cushion thing that we just pop in like a bag and and take in with us. Yeah, so we basically yeah. end up taking like a rucksack and like a bag in. But yeah, we we buy we buy snacks there and don't sneak in anything because yeah. we're 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 good people. Honestly, there was a gentleman in our seat though before we went to see this film. We had to ask him to move. Oh, you shift your ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so three dozen years are long. Okay, so we've got Idris Elba and... Mm-hmm. Why is... Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. When you kind of said... And I had the image of her in my head and I was like, and... And that excellent one. <laughs> The the, the 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 person that does all the all the cool ro- weird roles, because that's so, what Tilda Swinton yeah, does. I mean, lots of weird yeah, cool yeah. Roles. I mean, I mean, in, in Marvel terms, it's like the Ancient One and Heimdall. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody's been in a Marvel film at this point. Yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, so it's about a lady who is... Uh, is she a narratologist? Yes. Um, there's somebody who studies stories for a living and is like a professor on these things and stuff. Um, ends up encountering one of the famous, most famous kind of sources of a story in a lot of sort of literature. Um, a gin. A genie, which is yeah. played by Idris Elba. And thus is a recounting mostly of Elba's 
characters' kind of life experiences, like how did they become to be trapped in a bottle, all the things that happened over this very long period of time, because they kind of start off in like sort of um, Queen of Sheba, King Solomon kind of times, which is a long time ago. Well, yeah. presumably about 3,000 years. Something like 3,000 years. I, mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's actually... Is it longer than Is Solomon longer than Max? Obviously, that's 1,000 years before... I'll try Common Era. Common Era. Uh, King Solomon Wiki. It's going to be interesting. So, oh yeah, so they're saying that he died um, like about 931 before Common Era. So yeah, no, 3,000 years makes sense. Um, a little bit under, but you know, yeah. we, we won't hold that against. Yeah, but anyway, well, yeah, but the whole idea was obviously Idris Elba's character yeah, yeah. and the Queen around like long with that shit. But anyway, so it just kind of starts there and it basically is a lot of him talking through all the various... You wouldn't necessarily call them owners, but people who've had had his bottle over the years, and how he wasn't originally in a bottle, mm. um, and just obviously bits and pieces happening then in the we'll call it the real world, uh, in terms of as he recounts the story to Tilda Swinton's character. Um, I want to say, would you class it as magical realism? I wouldn't necessarily class it as yeah. magical. Would you class it? Because it kind of... It, it kind of makes itself out to be a part of the real world, considering they even went so far as to have um, the modern era having masks. That's true. Like, you know, as in COVID masks. Yeah. So I would definitely say that it's magical realism. It's either magical realism or um, low urban fantasy. Anyway, yeah, As, there's a there's a podcast episode right there just arguing about the definitions. <laughs> and thankfully, uh, this is not that episode. I mean, the the, the Google's <laughs> sort definition is a literary or artistic genre in which realistic narrative and naturalistic technique are combined with surreal elements of dream or fantasy. I would question that because they the see so for this film, obviously, it makes up that the magic is real. Whereas something like, and it's the one where I, I got taught as the classic example when I was studying on International Baccalaureate, it is like, uh, um, like water for chocolate. Um, you see, I do have to ask here, if magic is real, is friendship magic? Perhaps. Ah. But anyway, that that sneaked into my head. I had to share it, otherwise it was just going to eat its way Fair. out. Fine, you can have urban fantasy. Yeah, I think it's a form of urban fantasy. <laughs> um, it is based off of a book or comic. Um, it it's an adaptation, um, and yeah, so it it was pretty cool. It's weird, but that's fine. Like a load mm. of the shit that we end up seeing at the cinema these days is kind of yeah. regular Hollywood stuff. It was kind of self-referential in the sense of like because obviously Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton, Swinton, Swinton um, plays a narratologist, so she kind of can see where stories kind of go and whatnot. So she's kind of questioning from the very beginning about the logic of you know basically a gin offering her three wishes, and, and she knows the law. 
She's mm. very, very highly attuned to the law and how bad wishes can go. So, yeah. Um, there's an interesting, not quite twist that happens in the story. Um, um, which is an interesting thing. I'm not sure if it was in the, what it was adapted from. I'm not it's sure whether it's, it's kind of a little bit potentially spoilerific or, but. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's I think it's out of cinemas now. Yeah. Um, but it, if you see it on, you know, obviously like streaming service or something for free, like it'd be worth. I'll tell you what, though, catching, it, though, it kind of made me uh, thankful for going to see something that wasn't like a sequel or like a, a you know a really big story adaptation. Yeah. I mean, I know you said that is an adaptation, but um, you know, it was. To me and to the to you know the average cinema goer, it is an original film, um, and basically just it doesn't have like any connections with anything else. Yeah. It's, it's literally just that story, which is kind of yeah makes makes me thankful for sometimes for. I for think that. I think even though yeah. obviously it's still in its own way a bit of a Hollywood film, but they're not because it's only Hollywood in the sense of the actors being pulled in. And some of the effects, yeah. But the fact that matters is that it's the second film we've seen this year that hasn't stuck to strict Hollywood formulas. Because mm. obviously, we saw every everything everywhere all at that once is true. earlier in the summer. Yeah. And yeah, that those are definitely not like just your standard three act films. Yeah, and and so it's like this year we've managed to see two films that aren't standard Hollywood fare, which is a lot more than previous years. Mm. I know that everybody was a buzz with everything everywhere all at once. Um, and me, I really enjoyed that film. It's funny aside on that though. So I saw somebody I follow on Twitter, uh, tweeting that they were watching the film on like Amazon the other mm. day. Like it was even mm. last week, or the week before last they're in the UK and partway through the bloody film, the film went from being free to view on Amazon prime to you having to rent and he got, they got kicked out of the film. Seriously. Yeah. Is that a mistake? So I thought that was free uh, with Amazon Prime. Yeah, they I'm got... going to have to check that because I, I I noticed it was, you know, it was on there. But so... yeah, I saw somebody. Um, it was either um, Andy Kelly or somebody like Ultra Brilliant. Yeah, was Andy Ke- uh, watching it. Was Ultra Billion and Decali? I can't remember. It might be somebody like that who's watching it, and it's just like it's it, it, it got kicked out partway through. It's like what? I think that's I freaking think... cheeky, personally. I'm I'm gonna look for it, but yeah, I, I have a feeling. I mean, it, it's possible that there was a um, a disruption to their connection with the server, mm. so it could have hiccuped and then said, "No, you're gonna have to pay for this." You know, because, oh, you know, suddenly you're not signed into Prime or, you know, whatever. Well, one's saying included for Prime, the other one's saying available to rent or buy. That is weird. So it's basically, it looks like it's got two listings. Weird. One paid for, one not. Really weird. I mean, maybe one is just so you can own it. Hmm. But yeah, it's included with Prime. That's what it's saying on mine. I, yeah. I, I do see the other one, which is rent or buy. Unless they, did a, 
unless they did like a split or something like partway through the film watching and got rid of one version to then have that split. Oh, would it be really, really weird if it turns out that there's actually um, two different endings or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Nobody's known about it. (laughs) Anyway, going back to going back to stuff. So we've watched that. Um, We've been catching up to what's the TV series that we've been watching at the moment? I mean, we listed all of them earlier, but which, which, okay, which so, one stuck out and why? So we've got She Hulk. Yeah. She Hulk's like, we, so we've technically got three almost comedy esque series going on at the moment. Because so you've got yeah. She Hulk, you've got Lower Decks, and you've got Rick and Morty. So you've got three comedies updating weekly at the moment. You know what isn't a comedy, but on Disney Plus? Uh-oh. <laughs> bad Batch? Yeah, it's Bad Batch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, for those of you wondering where to watch your Rick and Morty and you're in the UK, it is a all four uh, dealio. Mind you, it might be on like E4 or something. It's stupid o'clock certain days of the week, but it's just Probably. easy to watch it on all four. I still hate that app. I just really do hate that app, that, app, that site. Or rather, it, the app that just links to the site, which is shit. Yeah. Um, so frustrating. I'm really enjoying She-Hulk. Yeah, I mean, I know it's got its haters because you know a Marvel felt Marvel thing with a female woman. Woman, yeah. And it's it's like the other day when I was um, obviously kind of catching up on you know like new rock stars you know and screen crush and whatnot kind of talking about like latest episode and uh, stuff and I watched uh, or started to watch I think it was the, the Canadian lad um, who does like oh he watches like uh, something in like quarter speed to pick up on all of the like the different bits and he started going on about. Um, like in the first episode of She-Hulk, how she was like uh, saying that, oh, um, like stress is kind of natural for her because she has to be on the watch, uh, on the lookout, like all the time because she's a woman. And, and it's just like, so he basically started to kind of doubt the female experience of constantly being, you know, under potential threat. Um, and it's just like, th- this is coming off as just really kind of, it's not even about, you know the story or the narrative it's just basically about attacking like a woman's perspective yeah, yeah it's, it's and that how, made me just yeah no nah. yeah it's it's just the rhetorical question of mate have you ever talked to a woman about it? But a lot of mm-hmm. these people apparently haven't or they yeah, did and then they talked over them yeah yeah i mean so have you thought you know what's it like with this woman starts to answer to go, well actually i think you'll find that and go oh, Um, yeah, it, it's just whenever I've encountered anyone who doubts that, do you ever talk to anyone about but, this? You know, other than, hey, you know, hey, bro, oh, hey, other bro, have you ever experienced this thing that doesn't happen to bros? It's like, no, I haven't, and therefore it doesn't exist for anyone. Okay, thanks, bro. Welcome, bro. Just... <laughs> yeah. You know, but, it, it, yeah. it's like that. It's like, oh, have I just described the Joe Rogan show? It's very possible. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, pretty, really enjoying the She-Hulk. I mean, a lot of stuff going on. People are sort of like saying, oh, there's no connections between the episodes. Like, are you even fucking watching? There's plenty it, of it, connections between the episodes. It's it just, you know, me, I'm you know, not a Marvel fan, as I've you know said previously. You mm-hmm. know, I've read 
um, some of the earlier sort of um, black suit when you know it turned out it was an alien symbiote, uh, Spider-Man, hmm. and some of the sort of eighties Iron Man, you know that kind of thing. But I was never a fan. I was never like, oh, I you know I am gagging for this next episode or yeah. you know this next issue. Yeah. It was just, it was stuff to read because the genre stuff was really fucking difficult to find. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just me not being a fan knew that She-Hulk wasn't necessarily a serious series and was self-referential and, you know, reading stuff where it would have an advert and you would have She-Hulk directly addressing the reader. Yeah. So I, you know, one of the first things I, I, I saw as a criticism of this was, oh, it breaks the fourth wall. I'm, I'm so it's fine with breaking the fourth wall so long as it's done in a sort of narrative mm. way, you know? Yeah, but like that's that's Deadpool's whole shit. Like, that's what the says. character does. But, mm. but but you've got male characters doing it, and nobody seems to have problems with that. Like Deadpool, as we've just said, people even fucking love Deadpool for doing that. Yeah. The, the thing that gets me is that, you know, people are complaining that they couldn't take it seriously. One, it's a comedy, fuck socks. Second, you probably watched House of Cards. Yeah. And that yeah. was that was from the very beginning, from the original from the originals, the BBC originals. You would have the main character, Francis Urquhart, talking directly and explaining stuff to the viewer. And that doesn't seem to have got in the way of anyone, you know, taking, you know, them seriously. So yeah. it's like, oh, just piss off. Am I? It's been a while since I've watched Looney Tunes, but in Bugs Break the Fourth Wall on occasion. Frequently. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long-running tradition to break the fourth wall in visual medium. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's just Jesus. Anyway, so we've had we've been going through Shiko. I've re- enjoying the series. Um, been watching some stuff, speculating about you know what it might be setting up for. I mean, to be fair, there was a certain face mask in a box <laughs> yeah. in one episode. Been, you know, it's like the trailers have kind of said, you know, mm. what like, yeah. kind of yeah, devil made uh, attitude. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's been it's been good watching that. Um, it's been interesting watching Lower Decks. Still amazingly on Amazon Prime in the UK, but I think it's Paramount Plus in the US. I believe that, so. That yes, surprised the hell out of me because I just thought, oh, you know, there's a new Lower Decks, so I'm going to have to, you know, inquire with your friend and mine, Dave Internet. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to put on in Amazon Prime, and there it was sitting on Lower Decks, and it said new episodes, and it just yeah. Now, is that the actual new episodes or or what? So, you know, had a look and it's like, bloody hell, they've still got the rights. Hurrah! So, so yeah. I've been watching that for last week. So, yes, yeah, so they, they've been interesting what? so far. I feel like it was perhaps a little too quick a resolution to the end of the previous season. They got out of that pretty quick. It, in, in a way, but in another way, it makes perfect sense that, you know, with them being lower deckers, they're not going to be, you know, party to any of the yeah. you know, shit that goes on. Yeah. I mean, what was it? The I can't remember if it was the first season or the second season where they they thought that they were basically on trial, you know, and basically yeah. that they were kind of, you know, um, basically, uh, uh, well, uh, not necessarily upsetting people, but um, basically... 
is, is being, this the, the being really cagey yeah yeah being really really cagey about you know kind of stuff going on and uh, you know kind of in fear of their lives and you know whatnot um because they didn't know what the fuck was going on mm. that yeah that was that was the first season because mm. i remember that because yeah um i've got i think i've got a gif of um you know tendy just you know speaking into the the horn of truth because of course ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to the because they've they've kind of announced like a crossover type thing between Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds, which I'm kind of looking forward to. I still want to know if there's going to be any payoffs. So if anyone's noticed the opening sequence or the the, the titles for Lower Decks, they've mm. now yep. got a crystalline entity. Yes, and that's new for this season. So I just wonder if there's going to be something about it this season or not. Or they just introduced it for the hell of it. I, mean, I love the fact that I mean, you've not you're not like a hardcore Star Trek no. fan yourself. Um, and and do you know about the crystalline entity? I've, I only know of it in, in in reference, not in like. Depth. You've never seen the episode. No. No. Okay. I mean, it's to be fair, it's only in two episodes of Next Generation, mm. and neither of them are that great. Fair. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I mean, I've obviously watched it a long, long time ago, but my memory of Star Trek episodes is yes, not as in-depth yeah, yeah. as yourselves. No, that's fair. Because, I mean, I've been watching it since I was a, you know, yay high. Probably actually uh, one or two. I was lucky two? if Next Gen got left on the TV when it was on, like, BBC ah, see, Two. My, my dad loved, like, Star Trek. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've given him access to my uh, account, so... Um, um. What? Yeah, uh, not that he's managed to kind of take advantage of it yet, but it's yeah. just like, hey, here's the um, all the Star Trek that you could possibly want. Um, and yeah, <laughs> um, he just likes collecting the DVDs. Yeah, uh, and then we've been obviously catching up with the latest season of Rick and Morty. Can we spoil for the latest episode, please? Go on. I haven't seen the last season yet, so I'll probably in, only have a very foggy memory of there this There was self-cessed. Self-cessed. There was. It, I mean, well, Rick and Morty has always been like a quite out I, there sci-fi series. I mean, to be fair, it's like actually technically a step down from the incest of the previous season, or the accidental I'm, incest. I, yeah, I'm, I'm only surprised it's taken them this long. <laughs> Um, I I feel like so far this season has actually been really good. Um, it surprised me because it's like the first I think what two and a half series were uh, were you know pretty good, uh, and then it kind of felt like it was going downhill a bit, and you know not answering any like questions or whatnot. And... Do you mean during the height of the Szechuan sauce debacles? Well, no, that because that was the first episode of season three. Um, and yeah, people were just basically being dicks about that. Um, but On the yeah, I think it was like the uh, later half of season three going into like season four. <laughs> yeah, season three, season four weren't fantastic, and now it seems to have kind of gotten a, a bit better again. I mean, maybe kind of, you know, we'll kind of look back on um, the other seasons and actually see that they're actually fairly good anyway, but. Oh, oh God, just whilst we've been on air, it's been another uh, sort of tech culture geek mag uh, or online things being, uh, is getting shut down. Input mag, apparently. Oh, which is US based. Um, 
I'm trying to think, is that the one that's been going for decades? No, that's one from that's only started three years ago. But uh... still. So, well, okay. Anyway, anyway, so like, uh, Rick and Morty was interesting. This latest one, uh, and yeah, we can imagine it pissing off a fair few people. Mostly young teenagers. You probably should be watching the show yet. And why would they be pissed off? Uh, because they can't understand that there's a difference between fiction and reality, and that just because you watch or experience read something in fiction, it doesn't mean you support the thing in real life. It's a whole bullshit. Oh my god. Just... Anyway, but we've also been watching House of the Dragon, which definitely has had incest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I see a running theme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, even like um, uh, Game of Thrones had yeah, incest. So. It's like, but then you see, the thing is, is that these uh, young teenagers that we've just been referring to. Mm. They were really definitely too young to be watching anything to do with Game of Thrones during its initial hype yeah. period. It's been a couple of years. So like they, they don't understand because they've never looked at the books either, mm. that like it's just a way of things for a lot of uh royals in Westeros, you know. But I mean, like you know, because people complained about like Jon Snow and um Daenerys yeah. Targaryen kind of getting it on because they're technically like aunt uh, or something like that yeah um and it's like you're watching a tv series where the first episode literally has uh, a stark kid basically being chucked from the tower for witnessing <laughs> a brother and a sister a brother and a sister having yeah. going at it i mean you, how can you not expect something like this it's it's an ongoing thing um yeah anyway how's it going <laughs> am i enjoying it am i enjoying it the series so far, I, I I feel like I'm quite enjoying it. I think I'm enjoying. It. I'm not sure if it's been making as it hasn't felt as bold, weirdly, in terms of its story as the initial seasons of Game of Thrones. But maybe that's just me. Is that just because people aren't being you know killed off left, right, and center? And not like, yet. No, maybe I mean, it's had a you know good couple of fucking scenes. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of deaths couple of deaths i mean that it feels like they're getting warmed probably up probably a combination of both in one scene yeah but yeah Didn't you're right they're probably they probably are warming up for something bigger nastier i mean there's, there's more dragons in this show so like possibly the, the dead fucking um wedding episode yeah um so yeah so it's one to, I, I mean the thing is, is that I, I'm not sure if it's if I'm enjoying it more than I think I'm enjoying the Rings of Power more. Everyone, Amazon, um, which is kind of interesting because that would be the second se- uh, series going on at the exact same time that's actually designed to be a prequel to an existing popular series. Yes, <laughs> with lots of references. To that, you know. Mm. Um, but, but we kind of enjoy them both. I mean, obviously, like House yeah. of Dragons, like I'm, I'm sure if you know, if we just debate this Sauron fella, he'll see the error of his ways, and nothing will ever happen with him. He, he won't turn out to be a bad one. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like House of Dragon. You know, there's going to be at least one less, uh, like 
line of of like um, landed blood or whatever, probably by the end of the whole, not necessarily the season, but the series, because one of the houses doesn't death doesn't exist in Game of Thrones, and this shows set what two hundred a bit, three hundred years before Game of Thrones. Is it Windsor? <laughs> it's um, what you. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like what it's like the only other house that's like Valeria. From, from Valeria, basically old Valeria, um, and it's like they don't exist in Game of Thrones unless they're basically just being folded into the Targaryens. Uh, but I have a feeling that's not going to be the case. So yeah, uh, but anyway, the Rings of Power. On the other hand, you've got you're just like, well, we know Sauron's going to guarantee something. I mean, I feel like with the Rings of Power, obviously there's a lot of stories going on at the same time and you mm. know that they're going to connect up together. Uh, this is kind of a bit of a narrative trick where it's like, you know, you have like one big thing that's uh, event that's kind of coming and you have like lots of different, you know, kind of smaller stories revolving around certain other characters. And you know that they're going to, you know, come together in the end to defeat the big bad evil, but they haven't met yet and they might not meet for a while. Is there is there going to be like a hobbit or something turn up and talk to you know say to Sauron, hey, you know what you should do? You should get into that Etsy thing. I've heard there's good money in making jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have thought a hobbit would probably go up to him. It's like, no, you really need is good smoke and, uh, <laughs> and another a, breakfast and another breakfast and, and maybe some beer to wash it down. Yeah. <laughs> But I think the weirdest thing to get your head around with watching the Rings of Power is the passage of time. Like House of Dragon is jumping across episodes are kind of jumping about like a few years or mm. so, several ep- like most episodes. Whereas the Rings of Power is kind of like there's epochs, yeah, involved. Um, like there's some stuff that's kind of like. Most of it's kind of slowly sinking into the same bit of the timeline, but it's understanding that it's set a very freaking long time before The Hobbit. Yeah. And that's actually quite hard to get your head around. What if that could happen? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like seeing... Um, oh, what's the name of the big-ass dwarven mine uh, place? Oh, yes. the, the one that's... It's a bit like Zahadoom, but not. The place that ends up with the Balrog at the bottom. I, think, I want to say Minas Talvar. I may be getting my stuff mixed up. What's it called? It's the place that they go for... They, that that um, Gimli's like, oh yeah, like my cousins or welcome us or whatever. Yeah, we'll go in there. Everyone is definitely still alive. And and it's like see, seeing that place as it was meant to be is like a real like whoa. What's the name of the place? What's the name of the place, Paul? I don't know. Was it Dol Gold? Is that no. one? No. Mines of Moria. It's the Mines of Moria. But it's, yeah, anyway, I really yeah. should have. I really should have remembered that for a whole variety of reasons. One of them being. Um, there were some like free adventure games which were called that on the eight bits and sixteen bits mm. and such. So um, 
Yeah. I see. I see. If we were looking in terms of cinematography between House of Dragon and the Rings of Power, so House of Dragon's going for the grimy medieval look. Um, the Rings of Power um, is going for the mostly pretty look, but then at the same time they've got elves wandering about the place, so you know, it, you know, in, in all of the Lord of the Rings films, like even um, the glass managed to not ever look that filthy. Aragorn was another matter, <laughs> like entirely. He was, he was a dirty I boy. mean, did, didn't people like well, like uh, like they really appreciated the, like the look of Aragorn? Aragorn, but um, they they were always like, well, is 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 very filthy, and you know, it probably wouldn't smell very nice. That is the comment that would be made to counter the fact that Aragorn looked hot. <laughs> Maybe people just like muddy men. I'm not sure. Maybe. Anyway, so we want... thirty bones. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, so we have got up to episode. We've watched. We have we watched episode five of the summer. Have we watched episode four? Um, we've just finished the one where they. Doody got his ruby back. Yeah. And and right. uh, Morpheus so... was not happy. Right. Which episode so, that is? Have you watched the diner? No, don't think so. Um, you it, would remember if if it was Sandman and Scott, have you watched the Diner episode? And and it's just, it's it's a little bit like um, uh, my mother was watching Hannibal a while back. Oh yeah, <laughs> and well, she you know, she likes all that. Um, and I said, do you, you know, did you watch the end of, was it the second or the third season? You know, the one where they have the big fight and they find out who Hannibal is. Uh, it's the end of the second season. Yes, yeah, so end of the second season. And she's, you know, she was, I, I don't remember. And she, well, that answers that. Yeah. Yeah, she so no, we haven't, watched, we haven't watched the diner bit yet. But um, yeah, so we're enjoying it. It's kind of like once we've got free stuff that's currently going out on a weekly basis, basis yeah that's what we then go and <laughs> go and catch up with at the moment and it's so yeah sorry I'll, 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 say, I'll say two things um one with sandman i am so fucking glad that neil gaiman has such a you know a creative control yeah over it it really shines through it's like watching the comic and there are some bits where I, you know, I know the panel, it's kind of burns into my mind, and it's like, fuck me, there it is on the screen. It looks a bit different, mm. you know, because they've got actors instead of, you know, artwork, but that's pretty much, you know, shot for shot. It's like, that's incredible. The actor that they've got playing Morpheus, mm. it, it, I feel like if they ever made like a. Um... Like a biopic about Nine Inch Nails, he would be asked to play Trent Reznor, right? Just because I know that there was similarities in like in the comics, but it's yeah. really coming through here watching the series. Well, um, he, he he needs to be a moody, brooding emo sort of, um, but also really strong headed and resistant to change mm. until he's absolutely forced into it 
and of course that's what the you know the initial arc is because he's never been imprisoned so he's he's kind of made to deal with these situations that you know he he's not had to he's he's never had a reason to change he's never had a reason to deal with these mm. you know things and yeah it's in a lot of ways the entire series is him realizing he has to and dealing with consequences i'm not spoiling anything there no it's, it's but, definitely um, watching. I know there's some people who are annoyed it hasn't been renewed for a second season yet, and they think it's Netflix at play there. Personally, considering all the fucking reshuffling buyout bullshit that's been going on with Warner, I would say it's perhaps less Netflix and more Netflix are kind of like they might be interested, but God knows what's happening at Warner Discovery and Warner TV and, and everything at the moment. That's the thing. Most people don't realize that it's you know Warner who have all the DC stuff, and that you know Spider-Man is DC. I mean, yeah, you have the big logo at the start, but apparently that would... doesn't get through. Yeah, so. but um, yeah, I will. I will say two things. Uh, you know about the upcoming episodes, and they're not mm-hmm. spoilers. Um, the original Diner episode, which you know is all about what happens if you raise someone to be deeply fucked up and then give them the power to influence others. Mm-hmm. It's not going it, to... Yeah, it, it, it's bad. But um, the original idea of that was that it's, it was called 24 Hours. The original comic was 24 pages, and each page was an hour. Wow. So they had to change some things up. For it to work, because mm. otherwise it would be, you know, a little, you know, it could, could be, you know, a little bit stayed, sort of, sort of jumbled things around, and but it, it was all given the Nathaniel Gaiman nod. So, you know, pleased with that. But, um, you know, for me, the real standout episodes are the ones that um, adapt the standalones. So it's the sound of her wings and I can't remember the name of it, but um, Bob Gadling, or the man who decide you know, who boasts that he's not going to die, and happens to be overheard by Dream and Death. So they decide, okay, then we'll see how it plays out. Um, but that that's excellent, and it's just. Uh, special, yeah. Those two stories have been um, two of my favorite ever comic, you know, single issue stories for decades. So I'm, you know, I'm pleased with that. And yeah, later on the sort of bonus episode that they released, which was um, episode eleven, I think it is, because with the first season you have two arcs, you have two graphic novels which are adapted. That's the first um, five episodes or so. Then you have um, episode six, which is the sound of her wings and Bob Gadling. Mm. And then you have um, the rest of the episodes, which are, you know, the second, um, you know, graphic novel arc. And then after that, you have the bonus episode, which is another two single issue, um, you know, stories adapted. And they're both, you know, both those episodes are just, yeah. 
given that it's been, it, you know, it was number one and it was still quite hanging around quite high in the Netflix, you know, top tens. Yeah. I would, yeah. I think if there's any umming and ahhing going on about whether to renew it, it will be on the uh, the Warner's end. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the Netflix end because I think that you know Netflix they'll be looking at the numbers and thinking this has done quite well for us. We're happy with that. It's, it seems to have staying power. But yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway, we. I'm going to talk about something else I've I've done today or the past few weeks. So I have been playing more Elden Ring. I want to point out I've sunk now over seventy hours into the game. Wow. I managed a few weeks ago to finally defeat um, an optional boss, a big optional boss called Star Scourge Rodan. Had to level up quite a bit for that, but I did it. Um, but I've now reached kind of like, uh, I, I've basically completed two optional quests that can have an impact on the ending of the game. Yeah. Um. And I'm currently trying to do like the end game, but I've now got to the end game bits, and it's like uh, I'm not a high enough level, even though I'm like level ninety five or something. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, uh, so having to go back and level up some more. Basically, lots of grinding, uh, and because of that, because I'm at that point in the game, I was getting a bit put off, and I just wanted to play something different. So today. I played a couple of hours of a Christmas present that I hadn't played yet, which was a Shin Megami Tensei Five. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I'm not played a Shin Megami Tensei game before. I have played a couple of Persona games, a little bit, um, and I think I'm going to come back to it. It does look pretty on the Switch. Um, it's oh, some something that works quite well on a handheld system. <laughs> I was but playing. I was playing it on the TV though. Like I had it, I had it docked, and it looked quite oh, nice a, on the TV. A system you you could also play on the TV. That's, uh, ha, 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 ha. That sounds I, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I only played like literally played like a couple of hours, and I was still in like the main opening area. Yeah. Um. The so it's interesting because I tried out the demo at the weekend for a new Squeenix game that's on the way. Uh, Square Enix, uh, called I think it's Valkyrie Elysium. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's very much a, like sort of an active battle system, and you're running around like a battlefield type thing, and you've got to remember how accessing mm-hmm. pressing certain buttons helps you to access extra menus to get into extra abilities whilst you're running around trying to dodge shit to mm-hmm. then unleash certain crap. And basically, it's very convoluted. Like I was playing this demo, and I I didn't finish it. Um, just because I was just like trying to remember what all the stuff did. Now, um, is, is, is that one of those um, demos where you you know you've tried it and your interest is sparked, but you're not sure, or you you're glad you played the demo because it's I, effectively mixed. I think it's convinced me that if I ever saw it cheap, it might be worth picking up. But it's not a launch game for me. Yeah. In some ways, those are the most useful because then you you know you're less hyped for it and you can get more out of you know the game. Yeah. So apparently, though, you like any progress you make in it, certain bits of it will take over to the main game, which is nice. Um, oh no, I do like that. What you know, like it when demos do that. Yeah, but I just wanted to contrast it with Shimmergami Tensei Five. So, like that has a turn-based battle system, um, sort of of sorts. 
and it was just a lot it was just a lot easier to just deal with like obviously being in a set sort of battle thing you know enemies monsters in front of you people having turns stuff that you could do to make sure that you had like more turns and stuff um it's just nice playing a game where I wasn't having to run around a map and dodge crap all the time, which obviously I was also doing with Elden Ring. And that was the other thing. So in fact, I've actually played obviously like three Japanese games the past week. And the Square Enix one, the, the sort of the Valkyrie releasing demo, showed, was like it was a very complicated battle system um, versus something like then from Sosua's, you know, Elden Ring, where yeah. actually... The battle system isn't that complicated. The, the deep game is what you do with your stats when you're leveling up. Yeah. And and just what like spells or abilities you've just kind of set for yourself. But it actually like when you're in combat, it doesn't matter what you know, like you, you're spamming certain buttons, but you're not having to go into lots of ridiculous menus to get stuff done. Yes. Whilst dodging attacks. Um and then Shimigami Tensei sort of like from well, it's not te- who who because Atlas are the ones that um, vocalize it. Who's it that actually makes it? No, with that I could not tell you. But anyway, sure. like that was kind of like with the sort of the turn-based system. Like there was a lot you could do, but it was turn-based, so it didn't matter if you needed a moment to think. Yeah, which is lovely. And I do kind of, I think that's one of the things that drew, aside from that, because I was interested in it, and that's why I kind of asked for it for Christmas last year. Um, it just kind of like, it looked like it was kind of closer to sort of uh, Japanese RPGs that I was obviously used to playing in the past. So, yeah, anyway, I hopefully I might play it a bit more. I think it's going to be my counter to playing Elden Ring. Which I really need to finish playing before I have this baby because Elden Ring, you cannot pause. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, oh God, that is a good point. Oh, uh, that is a very good point. <laughs> and I do not like the idea of trying to finish that game whilst being like, no, baby needs feed. <laughs> but what about this boss battle? Doesn't matter, the baby wants feed. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Anyway, uh, so that's me. Oh, and that one book, one book I was going to mention. So I've been reading um, The Lazarus Heist. Mm-hmm. Which is about the um, how North Korea is the uh, power that it is when it comes to stuff like cyber warfare. No, um, and basically, like, I mean, I already knew some of it because I because uh, it kind of some aspects of their MA yeah. gets mentioned in. Um, this is this is how they tell me the world ends. Yeah, which I read last year, um, but this is obviously like an in-depth look at kind of like the history of their operations. Um, and yeah, like that's how I knew that certain stuff is unlikely to by by certain state actors, basically, because like North Korea, because it's just not their style, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, that genuinely that is me. Sorry. Did, so I, I think Retro wants to talk about a Steam Deck. Shall we let him talk about a Steam Deck, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk Do about your Steam Deck? Me. Little old unassuming me. Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, it, it's what I'm using 
uh, to record this on. I am speaking the words at it. It is, it is transmitting the words. It is. What I normally use is a headset plugged into a Steam link. I'm going to sound like such a Valve fanboy, and I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, I usually use a Steam link because it means that I don't have to have a PC in the back room. I can just have the Steam link connected up to a TV, and that means that, you know I can then control my desktop PC remotely. Yeah. So you know that work that works fine for me, but yeah, at the moment I am using the Steam Deck on a stand, which it so far has managed not to fall off this particular stand twice. So that's good. the The other stand, which are, is more like a phone stand, mm. and sort of lifts, you know, the device up. Um, it's like yeah, it managed to fall off that twice. Eh. But yeah. Um, I I got it the day before I was due to go down to Carlisle to see my uh, my mum and um, basically spend most of it fixing the TV and the vacuum cleaner and sitting down lino. Typical sort of you know this is what happens when you know you visit home when you're in a like a hundred and fifty miles away. Instantly given jobs. Yeah, um, I got the 64 gigabyte model, which is pretty much hardware identical to the other ones. The 512 one, which got 200 quid more expensive, which, like, no, that's not gonna Um, has an anti glare screen, but other than that, that's the only difference between them. And I thought, well, I'll go for the 64 gig one, get a cheap um SSD solid state drive. For it and a cheap SD card, which I did. So I've got like half a you know, terabyte of uh, storage on this. And so far, it's it's been pleasantly surprising me. Um, quite a few of the games which I've been installing on it. First of all, I had to install Bioshock and Portal. You understand? Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah, and, and Skyrim is installed as well. Of course. Because, you, you, know, you know, it has to be. It's the law. Yep, yep. Um, there. Yeah, and um, obviously, with uh, Portal being a you know a Valve product um, that works you know absolutely flawlessly, um, and you know for anyone with it, well, why wouldn't it work absolutely flawlessly? This does not run Windows. This runs Steam OS, which is a flavor of Linux, and the idea is that Valve have been working with the community. Um, on a kind of a, a translation layer for things like DirectX and, you know, adding that to Wine, which the idea was that with Wine you could run Windows applications, but of course applications are not games. Mm. And this means that several of the games I've been playing on this for the last week um, are not Linux. They've never had a Linux version. They don't know they're talking to Linux, but SteamOS and the Proton translation layer are sitting there and making it, you know, they're wearing a moustache, a Windowsy moustache, and saying, yep, you're definitely running on Windows. It's got, are you sure? Yes, yes, it's definitely Windows. And, yeah, things have been um, playing pretty well. I mean, it's, it's so well that I haven't switched on that, my desktop computer for the last few days. 
Wow. And that's that's given that I I am I've used Linux before with the Raspberry Pi, but I'm a long way from what you could call a in a Linux fan. I mean, I spent several years using Linux as my main at home OS with an old computer that I had yeah. where I installed Mint um, to give an, a Windows eight point one little laptop um, a yeah. bit of extra life, basically. Um, because obviously 8.1 was killing it because this thing had like 4K RAM. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. Um, but no, I, I, like, yeah. Um, oh, Linux is like one of those operating system families where I would like to get back to it. And depending on what happens when I do my next PC upgrade, I, I might. Basically, it just depends what writing tools I'm desperate to use and whether or not I want to use something like Wine. Yeah. For instance. I mean, the, the thing is, it's I, I haven't set up anything. Uh, my other half has um, various emulators installed and, you know, things like that and non-Steam stuff. I've, I've pretty much been, um, can this thing run Tempest 4000? <laughs> and various other niche games that you know I really enjoy, and um, Tempest Four Thousand is the one that I've had some of the most trouble with it being a, it's a, you know with it being a Windows game. Yeah. Um, one of the weird things I had was um, first of all, some codecs, as in you know code um, you know coded decoders uh, for you know video and audio and things like that. Are included in Windows, but they aren't. You know, there are various finicky things of you know why they can or cannot or might not work properly on you know, other operating systems. But it's like with, with Tempest Four Thousand as as an example. Um, I would try running it, and it was fifty fifty whether the intro Atari video would crash it, and it would just like crash out. It wouldn't, you know, like lock up the machine or anything. It would just stop running and kick me back to Steam. So the solution to this, it's very high tech. You go into the um, the file directory and you rename the Atari.mp4 to anything else. <laughs> but then when you've got the game running, um, one of the features of uh, Jeff Minter games as you know of the, the last you know, few decades. Up in the soundtracks, and Tempest Four Thousand isn't any different in that. In fact, it's got three soundtracks. Tempest um, Four Thousand. It's got um, the remixed Tempest Two Thousand soundtrack. It's got the what I can t um, I think is the original Tempest Two Thousand soundtrack, and then it's got the soundtrack to TXK, which was the the game that he. Um, he released on PS Vita, and then you know, Zombie Atari sort of lumbered over and said, "Oi, oi, that looks a little bit similar, you know, too similar to you know, Tempest." Mm. And you know, bearing in mind, Jeff Minter had written Tempest for you know, two thousand for them. You know, it was a little bit. Well, whose is it? It's got, well, it's 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 his game, but anyway. Um, 
Long story short, I followed a few guides, deleted the compatibility settings that Steam had saved out, and I've had to use a particular version of Proton, and now it not only does the game work perfectly, but it works with the music. Wait. So, yeah, so I'm you know I'm perfectly happy with that. I um, but I, let's see. Um, I played through Portal. I'm playing through Portal Two. I've installed um, Yakuza Kiwami. Um, playing through that. Um, I've yeah, I've installed a, you know a few others. Um, about the first hour or two of Bioshock because I had to. I mean, is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? <laughs> Etc. Um, but yeah, it's it's apart from you know one or two hiccups with you know certain specific games, it's been working pretty damn flawlessly. And I've now I've I've got it um, configured so that I can use it as you know the handheld. Um, and it's got a desktop mode as well. And there's a, there's a few weird settings with it being Linux and you know Steam, uh, you know Valve putting their own yeah. um, spin on things. But is it is it uh, which um, distribution of Linux that they built on? I think it's Arch. Okay, that's that's the one that I heard you know mentioned most when people were talking about it. And the people, you know, it, it you know with the you know, Linux t-shirts talking about it. But um, yeah, I've I've got it so that I've got like a generic um, USB C port that's got HDMI out. Um, I can hook it up to my TV, and I've been playing um, games either handheld on the seven, um, well, on the um, twelve eighty by eight hundred screen, which is a standard, you know, kind of a tablet resolution. But it works quite well, especially for things like Bioshock, because they were um, aiming at, um, you know, machines like the Xbox 360, and they were effectively, you know, 720p platforms. So it's, it's absolutely perfect for that. Um, but then, if I tell it to shut down and reboot into desktop mode, I get a, like a you know a generic looking PC style desktop. Mm. And you can do multi screens if you want, so you can still use the you know the screen on, you know, on the Steam Deck while also using the TV. You can change the resolution on it. Um, you can install Chrome. So I yeah, the last three four days I've been using the Steam Deck almost exclusively rather than my uh, desktop PC because I've got Chrome installed. I've got you know I'm logged into that, so it's got you know my passwords. Um, you know my, you know my sessions and things like that. You know everything's logged in. You know I may occasionally have to. This is a new device. Do you want to, you know, verify in, with two-step authentication? But other than that, it's it's been pretty damn good. So I can run things like, yeah, well, the aforementioned uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which I hadn't played before. I just but I just had the Steam key. Um, I played it handheld and I played it in um. 1080, um, 60 frames per second on, you know, on my TV. So that's you know better than it was running on, you know, PS4 and Xbox One. The one issue I've kind of ran into is that for some reason it will try going to the full resolution of my TV if I'm in game mode. So. Mm. 
um, it will go to 4K and in 4K it only runs at 30 frames per second. And I think that might be a limitation of the the hub I've got. So yeah, I tend not to play in game mode or I tend not to use game mode when I've got it hooked up to the TV, even though it you know it does work, but you know, the frame rate is um you know less than I would like. So I tend to put it in desktop mode and then you re- you use Steam exactly as I do on you know the desktop. Mm. Um, and I've even got an old Xbox One wireless controller um, connected to it on Bluetooth, so I can just you know boot up a game and you know play with a you know a controller like that. Oh, and then just unplug the hub, the USB hub I've got, and you know wander into the kitchen and continue you know playing on that while I'm cooking something. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's like ah uh, yeah yeah I'm having the same kind of experience. As when I first heard about it, which was when you know when I heard about it, it's like oh, Valve's doing a handheld. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, a Linux handheld. Yeah, I'm you know not convinced. And then people started getting them at the you know the beginning of the year, and it's like oh, this is pretty good. And then you know pre-ordered, and it took from the start of April until the start of September for you know our machines to come through. So you know. Little bit of a wait, but at least it gives us plenty of time to save up. Yeah, because once they tell you that they're gonna take payment, and or you've got was it like X number of days to like confirm payment or something? Uh, yeah, I think you've got like one or two days, and then it, it's like, well, you know, that's it. So yeah. you, know, you can, if you miss it, I've heard they're pretty good. You can, you know, send a message saying, you know, I'm sorry, I missed this. Um, you know. Such and such happened, but I am interested, and they'll, you know, they'll send another invite out after a day or so. So it's not like you know you've missed your chance and that's it. Okay. But uh, yeah, it seems really well for them, and I am curious what they will be doing with it because it's it's the whole thing of you know I would recommend it to you you know either of you two because you know you've used technology and you've you know. It's like you know console gamers, but you've also used you know computers. You know your way around. I mean, I, I do hmm. I do have a Steam library of this. Yeah. So the ultimate test for me would be seeing if something like Left 4 Dead ran on it or Right or Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, it does. Well then. Um, in, in fact, um, yeah, I played the first chapter of Left 4 Dead 2 just entirely handheld on it, which, you know, was kind of blowing my mind. But that's that's another ad- a huge advantage to it because I have 999, literally 999 games on my, in my Steam library. Whoa. Just need I've one been, more. <laughs> yeah, I just need one more. And I, I think that's probably going to be Return to Monkey Island, which was released today. I saw. Yeah, but... My my issue with that was I was planning a replay, but that kind of got thrown into the air by, um, you know, other stuff. And uh, then, of course, the you know the Steam Deck arrives, and I started playing other things. So uh, and I'm like halfway through Portal Two, and it's like all these other little games, all these little indie games that I've I got in humble bundles or you know packs, and I've never touched. And I, I installed them just to see if they will play. You know, it's just to see if they'll run on this thing, and they have. So I've ended up sinking hours into like a, there was a game called 
um, one forty. Never played it. It's an abstract kind of puzzle platformer, and you know I'm about halfway through that, and it's like, oh yeah, please. So there's there's been a few people who've um, described it as sort of the backlog buster. <laughs> and I, I, I can suppose definitely... it's the first time you could take your Steam library with you to the loo. So, well, ex- exactly. In fact, I was. Um... One thing I did was I was traveling back up from Carlisle, you know, to Dundee on Wednesday. Yeah. And um, I hooked it, the Steam Deck up to the train Wi-Fi and I was downloading a game on the train Wi-Fi. And I thought, this is quite cool, actually. <laughs> so downloading, um, I think it was Alien Breed Episode 1. Okay. But it, it's just, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where you've got an instant library and it has definitely meant that i've been looking at um you know offers and you know steam keys and thinking i might get it on steam instead which of course i'm just playing into their hands well yes but you know yeah it but it's a good idea it works my you know my brand loyalty is almost non-existent i have to you know, if they if a company makes something and it works for me, then I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, give them more cash. I think one of the reasons why, um, like Valve went for obviously like a Linux based OS for this whole thing, is because it, it means there's less cost on that kind of licensing from from like on a Windows side of things. Yes, it keeps the costs down. They've long made it very clear that they are not fans of, well, maybe, you know, Windows specifically, but, you know, definitely, because Gabe Newell worked for Microsoft, didn't he, if my mm. memory serves. But, um, yeah, it's it's the whole, you know, operating system should be, you know, free and tinkerable. And to that credit, the whole idea of, you know, using this as is, it's just... Even if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to play a game that wasn't on Steam, okay, you just install it. It's you know one or two extra steps, like it is on you know desktop PC, but there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, and there's things like um, Epic Launcher, who have been giving away games for you know the last year or two, and suddenly it means that I've got a you know a library of about two hundred odd three games on on Epic that I can install their launcher or a launcher that can install games from their store like Heroic I've I've not yet bothered but I know it exists and certainly I can play Epic stuff on you know the Steam Deck so it's like there's no need to have it's a computer and it it kind of amazes me how well it works (laughs) okay I think we need to think about wrapping this up now. So it is good night from. It's good night from me, Paul Steam Deck, and Bad Batch Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Super Retroid on Twitter and um, Retroid on Eurogamer.net. It's good night from me, Paul Blewett. I'm on Twitter as at Paul Blewett. It's good night from me, Emily King. I'm on Twitter at E M King M 
A. You can find notes to this episode over at www.notassemble.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Notes Podcast. We're on Facebook for some reason you want to see us there at Notes Assemble Podcast. Um, that's it for this episode. So, uh, good night. Good night. Is a man not entitled to the Steam Deck of his <laughs> the steam deck of his brow. Well, I mean, it's the sweat of his brow. It's the fire shop. Yeah, I mean, it could, it, it could be brow as in beer. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense either, but. It... Does yeah, any of it make any sense? Does anything make any sense anymore after the several weeks we've had as a nation? It, it's what she would have wanted. <laughs>